The House of Fear by Albert Seymour Graham From Weird Tales, March 1925 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Dale Grothman The House of Fear by Albert Seymour Graham a house of silence broken at times by a weird wailing as from the pit a house of dreams gray in the moonlight under the leprous silvery fingers of the moon brooding now a grim gray fortress of the accused the stronghold of the beast dense pines grew about it and when the wind wailed among them, it met and mingled with an eerie ululation rising as if muffled by many thicknesses of walls, to end with a quick shriek and a sudden hush, broken after a moment by the faint echo of a taunting laugh. That laughter would have struck terror through the swart soul of the Luevi, if the Luevi have souls, for it is like the eldritch howl, faint and thin, like the thin, tinkling laughter of a fiend, without pity and without ruth. Here, in the sanatorium of Dr. Helmholtz, there were secrets within secrets, walls within walls, downward as in Dante's seven Hades, and from this monastery of hopelessness there penetrated on occasion outward from its battlement walls wild frantic laughter but there was nothing demonic about it because it was the laughter of the insane but then other laughter like the sound heard in dreams passers-by as if there were any such hearing it would shudder and pass on for the secret of that house of doom was terrible and grim a secret for him who might have guessed at it to be whispered behind locked doors and with bated breath and there had been those who had whispered of the lost souls within those walls and the whisper ran that they were indeed madmen who had not been always mad but had become maniacs after their commitment to the bleak house within the wood in a bare cell six feet by six a cubicle in which there was barely sufficient headroom for a tall man to stand upright a figure stood with its hands clenched upon the bars staring outward at the grim wood visible to the south Carold Baker, banker, had abode here in this living tomb three weeks, say rather three centuries, in which, as in a nightmare of old horror, he had been aware merely of a face, three-pointed, bearded, and eyes active with a malign intelligence, the lips smiling always with the cold smile of death. 
twice a day the small panel in his cell door had slid backwards without sound to frame in the opening the face of dr helmholtz like a face without a body and without a soul carold baron banker knew that it was not a dream that would pass because on the second day the head had spoken baron was scarcely a coward he had fought like a baited grizzly when surprised in his house by the men who had brought him under cover of night to this prison house now at the voice like the slow drip of an acid baron stared straight before him with the gaze of a man who has abandoned hope my dear mr baron the voice had whispered the little matter of that check if you please you will make it out to cash ah that is good i perceive you are wise it had not been the pistol in the lean claw-like hand nor even the eyes brooding upon him with the impersonal cold stare of a cobra carol baron might have refused it had not been for the sounds that he had heard and the sights that he had seen when taken at midnight from his cubicle he had beheld the administration of the cone and like macbeth with that one sight and the sight of that which came after he had supped full of horrors until now at the bidding of that toneless voice he had obeyed three times thereafter at the command of his dark jailer he had paid tribute nor had he been of all that lost battalion the single victim for there had been others now separated from him scarce a dozen feet a girl with golden hair sat huddled eyes in the sightless staring upon the stone floor of her cell like baron she had not been mercifully killed she had been saved for a fate unspeakable beside which death would be a little thing so far she had been treated decently enough her cell was wide and airy plainly but comfortably furnished but as to the look of the gray-green eyes of the master of black magic she was not so sure there came a sudden movement in the corridor without a panting a sniffing a quick pad pad of marching feet the girl her eye to the keyhole of the door could see but dimly she made out merely the sheeted figures like grim gliding ghosts and a rigid figure on the stretcher moving silently on its rubber-tired wheels then at an odor stealing inward through the keyhole she recoiled that perfume had been sickish sweet overpowering dense and yet sharp with a faint acrid sweetness the odor of ether and then although she could not see it a man in the next cell had risen white-faced from his cot 
to sink back limply as the dark hand holding that inverted cone had swept downward to his face Harold Barron sprang to his feet as the narrow door swung open to press backward against the window bars as the high priest of horror followed by his familiars cowled and hooded entered with a slow silent step the doctor spoke and his voice was like a chill wind my friend i bring you forgetfulness a brief length of hours and then ah then you will be a new man a man reborn my friend now baron his face gray with a sort of hideous strain stared silently white-lipped as at a low-voiced order the attendants came forward the lean hand reached forward it poised darted swooped and in it was the cone a choked gurgle a strangled sharp cry penetrating outward in a vague shadow of clamor and then silence with the faint whisper of the wind among the pines the brule of rushing river the faint half audible footfalls passing and repassing in that corridor of the dead once and it was never repeated a man came there from the capital he had demanded to see the doctor's patients and as the investigator stood there viewing with a faint creeping horror the nondescripts paraded before him gibbering mouthing in an inarticulate furious babble a man had burst suddenly from the line with the strangled cry frank don't you know me i'm baron carold the voice was the voice of baron but the face it was the face of another totally unlike there had been no possible resemblance but the man had been sane the investigator was persuaded of that he was suffering under a peculiar delusion indeed but sane the man rushed forward bearing his arm and there on that thin pitiful flesh which had once been healthy and hard there ran a curious design in red the investigator sucked in his breath as that tell-tale birthmark sprang livid under his gaze for he had seen it before the doctor's eyes narrowed to slits somehow the man from the capital gained the impression that it was the first time he had seen that mark but the investigator could do nothing birthmarks can be duplicated he waited then in curious indecision as the bearded doctor interposed suavely well of course commissioner you're quite aware or you should be how it is these paranoics are noted for their delusions they believe themselves to be someone else and always a bank president say or a famous actor an author 
a great general now mr baron you know him i believe beneath the silken tone there ran suddenly a hint of iron of menace veiled but actual the investigator felt it this patient knew your name of course the suave voice continued poor fellow we must be gentle with him and there the matter ended curiously enough the man who had claimed to be banker baron had after that first burst of frenzied speech kept silent perhaps that mordant gleaming in the doctor's eyes had telegraphed a warning a message a command nevertheless the investigator still dissatisfied took another walk through the corridors and determined to find the thing that seemed to be wrong corridor after corridor he traversed and found nothing amiss but while going through a last corridor he saw a woman standing before a mirror gazing into the face that appeared to her and laughing 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 but there was no mirth in that laugh when the investigator returned he looked at his own features in a glass with the memory of that hideous laugh still ringing in his ears he fancied suddenly beholding another's face where his own should be and wondered wondered whether that shock would not deprive him of his reason for the woman he had seen staring at her reflection in the glass had had golden hair pretty hands and an adorable figure but her face had been the rough unshaven face of a man but nothing could be done the woman might have been born with the features of a man but the investigator doubted it nevertheless personal opinions have no influence over law and law sometimes upholds crimes that have never been brought to account the investigator went home oddly shaken to dream of a white face with staring eyes which changed even as he gazed into the face of his long-lost friend carold baron to hear even in his dreams a voice and it was the voice of the living and the dead the end of the house of fear by albert seymour graham